When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, folks, it's the dog days of August. Uh, even for me, uh, Chet's working. Uh, he's not here right now. He's, uh, you know, I think he's, uh, he's doing prep for the dry grass, uh, burning festival. It's like they, har- I, I don't quite understand it. They harvest grass. Then they, anyway, Chet's calling it, uh, for the, uh, for, uh, Chet's calling it for the uh, International Harvester Network. Uh, but I'm off this week. Uh, my producer Gary's off this week. So we're running one of our absolute favorite episodes of all time. It's both, uh, Josh and Ben Mankowitz together. This is from February of this year. Enjoy this bonus dog days of summer episode. Uh, this is Josh and Ben Mankowitz and we'll see you live next week. Thanks for uh, listening to play with pain. Time to play with pain, where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host, veteran sportscaster, and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Jet Waterhouse. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Play With Pain, hosted by Jeff Cesario. His guests today, one intros killer movies, the other uncovers killer spouses. It's Ben and Josh Mankiewicz. They'll be relaying some worst gigs with Jeff in just a second. But first, time for the Waterhouse Update, sponsored by Eclectic. A dozen eggs, a dozen different birds. Super Bowl, L.A. squeaks by Cincy like a sumo wrestler inching through the stacks at the Yale Law Library. Rams had so many injuries, their receiving core was down to Cooper Cup and two contract players from RKO Studios dressed as receivers. In violation of L.A. County protocols, the Bengals tried to rip off Jalen Ramsey's face mask. No one in Matthew Stafford's entourage Seems to miss Detroit at all. And, of course, halftime feature Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and a double-wide trailer my cousin would tow next to a lake and move into immediately. That wrap-up sponsored by Dick Tucker's Women's Clothes for Men. Olympics! American Erin Jackson wins the 500 meters to become the first black woman to win an Olympic speed skating medal. Set Eastern Europe. Uh-oh. American women win gold and silver in the mono, Bob. Boy, they really don't need us, do they? Meanwhile, a recreational snowboarder was chased by a bear. Oh, said the Russians. You mean training. That wrap-up sponsored by Nanazon Prime. Now get that stale butterscotch scandy from Grandma overnight. NBA. The Lakers are so old they got a group on at Cartier. And finally, this week in sports history, the date 1971. The place Palm Springs, California. In the Bob Hope Desert Classic. Then Vice President Spiro Agnew 
hit his opening tee shot into the crowd, injuring two, then hit his mulligan into the opposite crowd, injuring a third person. At that point, President Nixon negotiated a peace treaty with the Palm Springs Chamber of Commerce. This Waterhouse Update sponsored by the Dollar Confederate Statue Store. Now, here is your host, Jeff Cesario. Thank you, Chet. That was uh, that was that was a good one today, Chet. I enjoyed it. My guests today, they're the most diverse brothers in show business since the Quades. It's Josh and Ben Mankiewicz. How are you guys today? You look good. I'm good. I'm we got good. Got a deal on the same black shelving from IKEA. It's, it's fabulous. You're we're right. actually we're actually in the same room. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can't beat the Billy bookcase. Uh, yeah. By the way, just to uh, 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 to continue with your uh, uh, your analogy, your metaphor there, uh, uh, Josh is Randy Quaid. I just want I just want to make that clear. Wanted to clarify. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So Josh is actually broadcasting from Canada somewhere today. That's right. That's right. Yeah, underground. Very yeah. far north. Now we're going to play worst gig in a bit, but let's uh, let me figure out how you two guys, two guys wound up in showbiz, uh, like kind of similar ish gigs. I mean, you're both in front of the camera. How did you? Usually, one brother just says the hell with it. I'm collecting driftwood and making furniture, but you guys both pursued uh, showbiz competitive. Not between us. No. Um, I, uh, you know, this was uh, TV news was something I was interested in by the time I was about eight or nine years old. Cause I was watching, you know, Vietnam and the civil rights movement. Then later, you know, Watergate, uh, uh, you know, every night on the evening news. And I thought that looked pretty fascinating. So I was interested in this a long time ago. Um, and, and then I was lucky enough to actually begin doing it in 1975. And they, they have not kicked me out yet. So here I am. Where'd you start? Uh, I started on the, uh, on the ABC news, Washington bureau assignment desk, um, working weekends and in the middle of the night. Um, wow, was that anywhere near the nuclear blast zone known as Sam Donaldson? Was he around? I, he was, and he was the you know he was the the big the big man in that bureau at the time. And uh, I remember I uh, one of my jobs as you know you, you know you did things like you know make coffee, deliver phone messages, rip the wire copy <laughs> off the printer, sure. roll roll it into a cylinder, and it had to be a cylinder that was the right size cylinder. You couldn't just roll it up. It had to be yeah. like four inches across or something so that it would, you know, stack up next to somebody's desk. And I remember getting yelled at about not rolling it tightly enough. And, uh, and um, one time so I went to... Snoop Dogg. Have yes. Been nailed yes. For not rolling, it, not tightly rolling it tightly enough. Yeah. That's no longer, that's legal in California now. Um, uh, and uh, I remember having to pick up uh, Sam's suit at the cleaners once and <laughs> deliver it to him. Um, it was a gray suit. And I remember thinking, and it was a three piece suit because this was the seventies and everybody was wearing a, you know, a three piece suit. Sam's was a kind of, uh, you know, all suits back then. I remember, remember our dad wearing suits like this. They were a kind of a blend of like polyester and rubber. And like you just hosed them clean at the end of the month. It was more right? of a NASCAR racing suit. Than you it was could. Cut, it was like <laughs> Nomex, like like the stuff people wear on the decks of aircraft carriers. It was 
Well, you literally, you could cut your hand on the crease in the pants, right? <laughs> and I remember thinking that if I didn't bring all three pieces of that back to Sam, like I was going to be in three pieces uh, <laughs> because his temper was kind of legendary back yeah. then. And, and I uh, picture him actually only having the one suit. No, no he's, he, he's literally standing in boxer shorts waiting for Josh Mankiewicz to show up with his dry cleaning. I think he had a pretty big wardrobe back then because we, ABC was located next to a uh, a big men's store back then called Raleigh's, which uh, which <laughs> like classic. which like outfitted like every guy like that in Washington, and uh, I don't think they're there anymore. And and so I gave him the suit, and I remember thinking you know, please, like if they've missed a, like if they've taken a button off or, you know, right. But it was okay. I lived to fight another day. And then later, Sam learned my name. There was a big thing in that bureau. Later, where, he learned your name. So, oh, so much later. No, no, there was a big thing. Where, suit deliveries in, he still didn't have your name. The, <laughs> the rule of thumb in the ABC Washington Bureau was that unless, unless you had been there a year, Sam did not bother to learn your name. Wow. And then eventually one day I, you know, like handed him some like rolled up wire copy and he said, thanks, Josh. And I thought, well, I've been here a year. (laughs) I've made it. Yeah. Now, Ben, how'd you slide into movies? Your brother's sitting over there dominating the television controls, watching news and uh, all the other things, watching Watergate and Vietnam reports and all that stuff. You must have slid over to a second TV and just doused yourself in film noir. What happened? How did you? How did how'd you how'd you snake into this little rivulet? Well, th- that took a little time. I mean, basically, I, I was this was a much easier story for me. I was copying my brother. I mean, that's just flat out that's true. <laughs> I mean, you know, he taught me how to shave, he taught me how to shampoo my hair, and he taught me how to do a stand up. Like those are the those are the, <laughs> those are the three biggest contributions. Uh, no, he really did teach me how to be on air. He was like, you know, because I started as a reporter, also television reporter, and he was like, look. Write your first line, write your last line, write your stand up. Nothing else matters. <laughs> it make any, it make any difference. You know, that actually goes for stand up comedy as yeah. well. Right? <laughs> and get, and, and, and get a suit you can cut your hand on. That's right. Get a suit you can cut your hand on. Um, so, uh, so really I was just copying Josh. I mean, it was sort of easier, we, but we were both different as kids. I mean, like Saturday morning cartoons to us was like, that was the filler before in the news. You know, like that's what that was the segment that we were kind of waiting for with Christopher Glenn. Right, right. With Christopher Glenn wow. in the news. Right. And that's, it would end with him saying, and that's what's in the news. Yeah. He yeah. figured out a way to work it into the sentence every yeah. week. I was thought that was very ingenious. Um, well, this inflection uh, uh, um, uh, ability at a young age to absorb the inflection of announcers like that has come in handy. I think for both of you, Ben, y- you have. You both actually have similar copy a lot of the time. So I, I'm guessing you had to come up with a way to sort of deliver this stuff in a little with a different twist each time. I mean, how, how many times can you say, you know, uh, started as a bit player? At RKO, you know, I mean, <laughs> well, it turns out you can say he started as a bit player at RKO and then later became a leading man in films like, uh, 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 right. It turns out you can say that just as many times as you can say they had a storybook marriage, but what lurked behind these beautiful sure. pictures was yeah. something much darker. So <laughs> then, right? the, then came yeah. the twist. No one saw, no coming. one saw it coming. Yeah. Exactly. Like that yeah. Except um, the viewers, except, <laughs> except, every, except everyone who's seen this program before. Yeah. yeah, I think one com- the one you both may use is 
Uh, or did she? That did one, she, yeah. maybe well, both of you. <laughs> you know, or did she is originally, or did he, or was it, or did it? Right. That's, um, that was originally Keith Morrison, who, you know, oh, is sort wow. of the, is sort of the template on which all of like true crime is written these days. And by and, the way, just real quick, also my favorite Dayline correspondent. So yes. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and he started doing that. And then like the, then I noticed that people on social media were sort of repeating that. So then I put it in a story of my own and then people just like loved it so much uh, <laughs> or did it or was it, but that's all Keith. We, we know that all to him. That's fantastic. So, so you diverge at some point, Ben, from hard news to well, yeah. cinema. Yeah, so I was doing uh, uh, local news in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, Miami then, and the Miami show was fun. We got to be, it was a very different kind of thing. And, uh, you know, we got to have a point of view and, but it, it, nobody watched. Um, we want Also, if, I'm, if I may point out yeah. again, another line that Snoop Dogg has said, the Miami show <laughs> was fun. Yeah, the Miami, the Miami show was fun. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, and then I didn't want to go, you know, local news had, you know, Josh already had the, the, the was was already at date. How long? When did you start at Dateline? Ninety five. Yeah. So Josh was already at Dateline. He already Eight, had eighteen ninety five. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, so um, I, you know, news had on television had deteriorated to to turning into such crap that I, I just didn't want to do it anymore. So when that sh- uh, Barry Diller sold the station that worked at in Miami, I, I came out to L.A. where Josh lived and thought I'm going to try and be a game show host, talk show host, something, right. You know, and I auditioned for everything on the planet and we have this movie history, this family movie history, but Josh and I grew up around politics. Like we, we knew about that half of the family, but our dad's half, the political half, that was the important half. Right. I Um, mean, we were, we were encouraged to watch movies. Oh yeah. 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 But we saw a lot of movies growing up and, and was always talked about as being the family business, but Ben is right. That's not what the focus was. Yeah. So I, I, you know, just, I literally started auditioning for, you know, I must have auditioned for 150 jobs out here more, uh, you know, I never got any of them. Um, and, uh, uh, and then this TCM thing sort of, uh, I, you know, stumbled into it and, you know, knew a fair amount about classic movies, but not enough. Um, but I, I got it and I was, you know, good, pretty good on the air thanks to Josh in large part and, you know, and, and 10 years on the air in Charleston and Miami. And, and then I just, took a crash course in this, you know, over the next two or three years. Um, wow. uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, I thought I knew a lot when I got it and then, <laughs> then you, wow. and then, then you start and then yeah. you realize, wow, yeah. okay. Yeah. There's a, yeah. there's a lot, sure. there's a yeah. lot I need to learn. <laughs> yeah. You can't kind of, uh, uh, sail by the seat of your pants on that. You kind of oh, no, have there's to too many, know. There's particularly in, in, in what Ben does, there's too many people who know, like you know, right. that, yeah, backwards yeah. I mean, and forwards and they're and they're watching that channel not like a little bit they're watching all the time right that's right, that's right. and yeah. all too willing to point out your errors oh yeah. and, goodness, actually yes. uh that gem guys uh from ben mankowitz sponsored by nugentics wiener pills directly from ted nugent and of course also sponsored by uh let's see who else do we have here buffet uh, canada's premier all-you-can-eat restaurant uh, I think uh, also incognito. You'll never oh, even yes. you'll never even know our plumbers are there. Yes, <laughs> you'll never guess we're plumbers. Uh, and so, uh, thank you, Chet. Those are those are brilliant sponsors. Uh, jump in anytime with those. Okay, let's talk worst gig. You mentioned uh, South Carolina, 
And I know, uh, Josh, you have you started in D.C. Uh, on, on the lowest rung, which is oh, yeah. ripping copy. Uh, anywhere in, and it could, you know, sometimes they can happen as as uh, as you know as as recently as three days ago. So don't limit yourselves. I just find worst gigs fascinating, uh, uh, you know, because they tend to be buried, but just under the surface of our psyches, ready to jump out at the weirdest provocation. You're, you're suddenly in Costco, bam, there's a candy bar, pow, it triggers a memory, and you're like, oh, God, and you just have the douche chills at that point. Well, I, uh, my, my, uh, my first job in broadcasting was the one I told you about, but my, uh, my first job, I think my first actual paying punch-a-time-clock job was I was an inventory clerk at a record store in DC one summer in high school. And that required, you know, the, 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 now it's all on computer. They know exactly how many they've sold and what they right, still have. Right. Not, not then. So I was on a little tiny three wheeled stool, which was about seven inches off the ground. It was like, like almost the kind of thing a mechanic would be on. And I had a big binder in front of me, like a big trapper keeper. And I rolled up and down the rows of, 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 of shelves in the record store, literally counting, you know, we have this many of this album. We have this many of this album. Wow. And you went through the whole store and then you just started again. And because they would sell them. And that was the only way they knew what was gone and I mean, what was selling and what wasn't because there was no, they didn't have a computer. Nobody did. This was like 1970. But they had a pen. I mean, they had ability to to do. Uh, That was me. Me. That's what I did. That was me. I mean, of course there were a million albums too. I mean, there were a lot of classical albums that were, you know, that that didn't sell very often. Uh, You know, um, uh, Elton John's Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy was selling very well that yeah, summer. Flying as I off the, uh, flying was. off the, off it the was. shelves, and, and yet s- I'm sure uh, I can the, tell you uh, exactly how fast it was flying too. Uh, <laughs> Ornette Coleman was still sitting at a dozen, <laughs> and that was it. Yes, and that was a horrific summer, and it was Washington D.C., so it was super hot, super hot, and muggy. and oh, and one more thing, there was a huge dispute between the employees of that store and the guy who owned it because I can't remember what it was, but it involved them not wanting to take lie detector tests, (laughs) right? Either because they were offended that they, you know, weren't being trusted or because they were all actually stealing. I never knew. Right. But, but that was a huge point of contention and the boss uh, who was my connection there. I had gone to school with his daughter and that's how I got this part-time inventory clerk job. They all regarded me as this plant for management. Sure. Like, so they wouldn't talk to me because they assumed that you were the that, man. They assumed that anything that they said, I was going to immediately repeat back <laughs> to the boss, which of course was not true, but, uh, but uh, yeah, that was a, uh, that was a painful. Wow. Story. So you yeah. are suddenly uh, dropped behind enemy lines. Yeah. <laughs> they think, they think you're the still yeah any job where uh they wheel in a lie detector yeah. and go okay everyone line everyone, up let's yeah is that josh uh, where you uh you know, josh bought me my first uh, couple of 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 albums yes yes um, it is yes, uh, so it that's is. so ju- the for you remember the first album you bought me um 1974 
first record I ever. Ooh, owned. 1974. I, I may weigh uh, in. Still, uh, I'll give it a Court shot. and Spark by Joni Mitchell. <laughs> no, no. I will Damn. go 74. You, you, I'll go uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Well, you're closer. You're closer, but it was definitely uh, 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 just really we we you bought it for the title track, uh, Carl Douglas, Kung Fu. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yes. Wow. Um, I, and now, and now, in a weird twist of fate, I actually have Carl Douglas's number in my phone, but it's the Carl Douglas who was OJ's attorney. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. yeah, yeah, who who uh, had mastered different uh, verbal kung fu. Yes, yes. To, uh, to help uh, Carl Douglas uh, will turn will turn eighty this year, and as uh, as recently as four or five years ago, he was still uh, huge in Germany and performing regularly. Yeah. <laughs> fighting and uh well, that's another it. one that was uh, almost the same yeah. dance the kung fu there you go right yeah. that yeah. is straight off of tcm yeah. that was delivered as if he was starring next to uh uh robert de niro in a movie that was impressive <laughs> yeah uh, big in germany that's good so ben uh along the way here what what has popped up to you as a worst gig? Well, I mean, uh, I get to my first job in the business is worth mentioning. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I've delivered pizza and or groceries in uh, like six states. Like that was always my thing. I delivered. Not from one state to another, though. No, 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 no. That's right. You never right. cross no. state lines with with illegal food. No, although we've certainly crossed from D.C. to Maryland, but that's not. Uh, um, but I, I had a and I had a terrible car accident uh, while delivering pizza for a place called Lestrani's in D.C. in like 1987. I mean, that was always what I did to make money. Classic this was name. classic was, fake uh, Italian name, Lestrani's. classic fake Italian name. Right. And I, I like it was one of those car accidents. It was a, it was a Honda on Honda, Honda Civic on Honda Civic oh. accident. But the, the woman I hit was a, a, a in the old school, really small Civics. And there was traffic in one direction and they let her go across. And she was like, thanks. But there was no traffic in my direction. So she just drove in front of me and I knocked her. This ends well. And I knocked her onto the sidewalk into a bike. Right. So, and all, every window in her Honda shattered, no windows left. I'm delivering a pizza, two pizzas, right. In the car, going to the same place. And, uh, I I was, you know, and, and, and she was French, her boyfriend was right next to the Georgetown hospital. Her boyfriend comes over. He says to me, he's like, he comes, she called him and her came. I don't know. He heard it. It was so loud. He came and he was like, uh, Oh, don't worry. She's a terrible driver. (laughs) <laughs> nice, the, uh, um, she was cut up, but she was okay. And the biker was okay too. It had just, the car had like Nick bent the bike, but the biker fell, but just was hopping off. Everybody was fine. I mean, we were all sore, but everybody was fine. Both cars totaled, but I got up, but then another Lestrani's driver, um, uh, came by Can't and, believe and he's like, there was more than one. Right. He's like, he, Oh no, we had a whole, it was like four or five of us. It was, uh, it was 87. <laughs> Lestrani was making bank. I will, I will have, you know, you ungrateful bastard. Lestrani's is still open because I just looked it up on my phone. It's on old dominion road in McLean, Virginia. Yeah. And, uh, and they were voted best pizza in Washington, uh, by the readers of Washingtonian magazine. No thanks to you. No. So, uh, I, uh, it was in D it was in DC. It was on MacArthur Boulevard at the time. And I, uh, so I I have the accident. The Astronish driver comes with, that's how he lets the bosses know. And then I get a call from them. And they're and they, and they they want to reassure me uh, that uh, that they got those pizzas delivered. That was that was that was that was, that was their concern. Don't worry, somebody. Uh, we made fresh pizzas and we took them to where you were headed. Oh, so, that's great. Rest, 
rest easy. But the first gig I had at the was, gosh, it might have been Lestrani's probably different, 86 or 87. And then so 87, a summer of 87, I worked for the George Michael sports machine. Oh, uh, yeah. I love the George Michael sports yeah, sure. machine. Yeah, it was a intro- go to the video, Let's and it go. was just a gi- it was a giant cardboard, it was a gi- uh, giant fake machine, real to real. Yeah. And yeah. he would hit this giant button, and some yeah. and some reels would start to roll, even though they were unconnected to anything. I cannot believe you worked at the George Michael sports machine. That is the way, incidentally, sports should be done uh, because it's now uh, disintegrated into storytelling because everybody thinks they're a storyteller. So you, you tune, you tune into ESPN and it's, you know, it's some horrible, uh, you know, in Boston in summer, many times you won't be able to, would you get to the score? Yeah, and right, George yeah. Michael would just go, let's go to the tape. Lions beat the Packers 20 to th- bam. You, you get the well, score. Let me, let me, let me sit this up. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, um, you love the George Michael sports machine, and I love the George Michael sports machine. And many, ben. and many people who watch television <laughs> love the George Michael sports machine. Here's who did not love the George Michael sports machine was the people who worked for the George Michael oh, sports machine. That's right. It was uh, so he uh, first of all, he would say, of course, he you know because Warner Wolf did. Let's go to the videotape. George would say, you know, let's go to let's go to the Meadowlands. Let's go to Giant Stadium. Yeah. Let's go to the L.A. Coliseum. And he also spoke entirely in the subjunctive tense, right? You know, so it would never be, you know, it was always the Rams would beat the Lions 27, 23, right? right. I'm Um, like, would? No, no, they did. This already happened. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it already happened. The game's over. So Georgia, they, from the first day you get there, they scare you, right? They're like, they, they're like, look, this is, you know, because they, again, and to their credit, right? I mean, ESPN, that, he, he, that's the template for ESPN, right? Highlights, highlights, highlights that, sure. that as you say, SportsCenter has, has sometimes gotten away from, right? With storytelling. But so Georgia uh, was, uh, uh, and it was syndicated across the country out of the NBC affiliate WRC in Washington, which is where I worked. So he, he'd come in, they'd scare, scare you in the beginning, like that we're changing television, right? And if you screw this up, you're gone. Everybody wants these summer internships here. And there were a lot of us. There were like eight to 10 summer interns. So one time it was the U.S. Open and I was given the U.S. Open um, to log. And George comes Sunday afternoon, final round of the U.S. Open, the golf U.S. Open. And George comes in at like four o'clock in the afternoon. And he's like, I've been, who's got the U.S. Open? I put my hand up and he's like, I've been watching it for uh, the last three hours. And I found six shots that are going into the show. Not one of them is a golf shot. You better have all six. Right. That's that was sort of the world, you know, because it was always like, you know, a fan with crazy hair or somebody yelling something. Right, Tom right. You know, and uh, and so I uh, and I had I remember very clearly I had five of them and I had some other ones that he hadn't seen. And wow. he was like, all right. Okay. Wow. Good. You passed. Solid. Yeah. I, I brought something else to the table too. So, uh, um, but that was sort of, and he was, he was menacing and loved to yell and loved to sort of flaunt his, and he reeked of sportscaster. Like he sure. had, he wore oh, yeah. sportscaster cologne, right? Oh yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. And he was, and he came and in. And he had that, and he had those, those jackets, those plaid jackets. Yeah. Sure. It looked like, looked like you were flying over an agricultural state. <laughs> he, uh, he was, uh, and he, he came in like the, some form of makeup or spray. I mean, he was so, he was like Trump. 
It yeah. was orange. It yeah. was an orange ball. But anyway, so so around that, but the first week we're there, the end of the first week we're there, he gathers us all around on a Sunday. Every intern worked on Sunday this because that's when the sports machine aired. Uh, and he says, you know, uh, you know, we're right. You had to walk through the WRC newsroom to get to the sports office in the back. And he would say, what happens in the sports office? Stays in the sports office. That was the first time I ever heard that expression, right? What happens here stays sure. here. So what happens here stays here. If I, and that doesn't mean you can't even say it. I don't want to hear it in that newsroom, which is, you know, four feet away behind the closed door. And I don't want to hear same, it in the newsroom. And the same paycheck, but go right, ahead. Right, right. So he's like, you know, whatever happens here stays here. If you breathe a word of this to anybody, you'll never work in this business again. This is his inspirational welcome speech. Sure. He said, and then he says to a producer, a guy named Joel, he says, Joel, who was that kid that worked here a couple of years ago? And he wrote a column about it uh, for the American University Eagle, right? The <laughs> AU paper, the local paper, right? Student uh, paper. You know, and the guy goes, oh, it's, uh, Jeff Cesario wrote that, right? <laughs> right? And he goes, yeah, let me tell you something. Jeff wrote that paper. Uh, Jeff's never working in this business again. I'll see to it. <laughs> I guarantee it. Right? So. You know, me and my friend Jim Altman is a reporter now at Hartford. We're looking at wow. each other like this is real. So the next summer, real quick, do we jump ahead? We work across town for the CBS affiliate and a, a, a local anchor there named Glenn Brenner, who Josh will attest is the greatest sports anchor who ever lived anywhere. Genius, hilarious, funny, inventive. And, and the progenitor of so many people on the air today. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a former minor league pitcher uh, and, uh, uh, and just – just big six, four, huge uh, during a snowstorm. He once came up behind the beginning of the snow in DC paralyzes. He comes up behind the weather anchor, a guy named Doug Hill. And he start and uh, you know, Doug, what's the latest, you know, we'll get to you throughout the show. And, and, uh, and then Glenn comes up behind him. You don't even see Glenn's head because the shot is just on George, but you see his whole body back there and he's rubbing, uh, uh, Doug Hill's massaging shoulders. his shoulders, shoulders. Yeah. and he's whispering in his ear. He bends down, and whispers, his, "You got this. We're all counting on you. It's a big day. It's a big day." So anyway, we then tell my friend Jim and I, who were, had been an intern with me at the at the at, for George Michael, we then tell Glenn Brenner this story about George's inspirational speech that what because you worked there because you worked there the next summer. I worked with with Glenn the summer after the summer with George. Right. And, and, and Glenn starts laughing. He's slapping his leg and he, he, they had a, they had a huge rivalry and they did not like each other. And, uh, and Glenn says to me, let me tell you something. Uh, anyone who spills the beans about what goes on working for George Michael, I guarantee they will always have a place to work in this business. I will see to it that they get a job wherever they are. <laughs> That's impressive. Make no mistake, Glenn and uh, George do not like each other. Hey, guys, I hate to interrupt, but I actually had uh, George Michael threw me a gig. Uh, one of my first gigs, I worked the uh, low ceiling Papa shot contest. Uh, it was it was a, a, a lot of bruises, a big mess. Sponsored, however, by J.C. Penny, dressing homicide detective for over 60 years. Back to you guys. Uh, wow. Those are some those are some incredible stories. Anything happened? Josh, have you ever uh, been on camera uh, doing a live throw or even a tape, you know, and just something, you know, something stick out in your head where you go, Oh boy, we got it. We got to cut that out. Or I, I wish I could cut that out. My, uh, my first uh, live shot uh, was at the, the ABC affiliate in Washington, DC, where I, 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 I 
I'd gone to sort of learn how to be on TV. This was in like 1980. I just want to point out, Josh went to Washington, D.C., the ABC affiliate, to learn how to be on TV. Most of us go to most of us go to like market 213. Fargo Moorhead. Right. Josh, Josh went to the nation's capital, the eighth biggest market in the country. But go on. That's right. Yeah. I don't I was going to leave your shortcomings out of this story. But anyway, I uh, uh, so I started there and my first and I was working weekends and things. And uh, and uh, my first job was it was right after. New Year. So it would have been the first couple of days of 1981. I started in December of 1980. So I've been there about a month and I was not good at this. And, uh, and my first job, my first live shot was to cover a team that a high school team that had gone to LA for the Rose bowl and was now coming back and was going to talk about, you know, how great that experience had been playing in the Rose bowl or marching. I can't remember what they'd done any, but they're one of the local high schools. So I get there and everything's fine, except the plane's late landing from LA, right? So then we have this tremendous time squeeze and I barely got anything, you know, on camera with these people. So here I am live outside uh, Baltimore, Washington International Airport, uh, um, uh, back then called Friendship, um, um, or as our dad used to call it, Hate, because it was so far away. Uh, And uh, I'm landing at Hate, he used to say. So... um, uh, so, uh, so there I am. And I've written down the first part of my live shot on a, on a reporter's pad. Um, and so it's a, you know, the Dunbar high school, the team, and now they're back and they're thrilled. And I read that right. Pretty much like you can see me holding it up in front of me. I'm right. Reading it, right. And then my piece runs that I, you know, put together out there and that they'd cut back at the station. And now I'm feeling pretty good. Cause I thought, well, this is like nearly over. And I flipped the page to to get to the, the as I'd written the, the tag, the tag. Sure. on the on the next page. But I must have flipped too many pages okay. because I missed the tag. And then when I look down, right when I go, I hear them in my ear and they're like, go. And I look down and on the page, instead of my tag, is the list of Christmas gifts, which I had written down <laughs> that I was going to get my mom uh, about a month earlier. And it says omelet pan. That's the top of the list. I still remember that. So, so then I look and I start looking through the pages for where the tag is, right? But I'm going the wrong way in the pages, right? So what seems like about eight minutes pass, and the anchor in my ear is like Josh, right? Which is not something you want to hear. So then finally I stumble through something, and then I have a fun drive from like you know like the, another hour long drive from hate back to the station. Uh, and I was then full of hate. So it was self-hate. So it was perfect. And I get back and the anchor was this guy named John Harder, no longer with us. And I come in, I hardly knew him. I'd only worked at the station like 23 days at that point. And I come in and John Harder puts his arm around my shoulder. Like I've just experienced a terrible family loss, um, <laughs> which one could argue I had. And, uh, and uh, then he gave me a little talking to about how I suck. It was never going to amount to anything, but, uh, <laughs> but that I should feel better about myself because lots of people suck and never will amount to anything. And I got a lot of company so, or something like that. But uh, it's a anyway. fun speech. Yeah, but it was very inspirational. He was a nice guy. Was, and, I, uh, I, so can I jump in here? Because you yeah. reminded me. So I, I, when I, my first job's in Charleston, South Carolina. A more appropriate place to start, although a great market. And, uh, you know, Gant gave me my career. Uh, um, and uh, 
so I was, we had an hour long show and there wasn't enough news to fill an hour. And so we'd sort of at the, from six to seven and at, at six 30, they would have us, those of us who were on it in the six 30 half hour, they'd throw to us live and we'd tease whatever was coming up. And I was the education reporter, which was a big deal in Charleston because there were crazy conservatives on the, uh, on the Charleston County Board of Education, they would every year there'd be a guy who'd propose that March be White History Month because we need to be fair, <laughs> right? That was always the story that we would, and they were trying to remove textbooks and do nutty stuff. So, um, so I'm I'm outside the school board, a brand new school board, and and I, I I remember I had a green trench coat on that Josh had had sort of I'd gotten advice from him on together. Like, yeah, you're a reporter, you have to have a trench coat, um, and. Uh, and my and I, I don't know what they were debating, you know, a, a history textbook. And I was supposed to say, you know, uh, my girlfriend at the time was another reporter and she was somewhere else covering a murder. And she would say, you know, I'm Lee Moody in Monk's Corner. You know, police continue their search for a, you know, a mad killer on the loose. We'll have the story new <laughs> right. at 630. And then I go and I would say, I'm Ben Magwitz, live the Charleston County School Board. You know, the debate over textbook continues. I'll have the story new at 630. Right. And producers, woman named Angela. And she uh, uh, and I'm out there. And like Josh, realizing that you don't ha- you don't need your notes, you could say, again, the team is thrilled and they can't imagine what great fun they had. John, back to you. That's it. That's all you got to do. Right. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares what you say. Right? <laughs> right. So I hear Lee give her tease. And then I hear the thing in my ear that tells me I'm on, you know, it's that little change in audio. Plus, you have Angela in your ear going, Ben, go. Right. <laughs> but I can't remember why I'm there or right. what I'm covering sure. at I'm all. Pan. And instead of you saying Right. I could have said I'm Ben Mankiewicz omelet pan new at 630 and literally no one would have said anything. No yeah. one cares. Right. Sure. They're not listening. Nobody makes, you know, but I certainly could have said I'm Ben Mankiewicz live at the Charleston County School Board. I'll have the story new at 630 and no one would have batted an eyelash. Right. What story? Doesn't matter. Who cares? But I decided to go a different route, which was in that split second decision. I decided I'm going to pretend I can't hear her. That my IFB's out because I can't figure oh, out what to say. So you were so, improving. So I, Im- I improved. Uh, Robin uh, Williams, uh, your way through the end of this. Right. Wise. So now, normally, you're going to a commercial afterward. We've already had one tease. You wait two or three seconds. You realize it's not working. You just roll the brake. There's no problem. But Angela, she was dogged. <laughs> so Angela <laughs> just stays with us, and she stays. <laughs> go, Ben. Go. Wow. Right. And I have to remember. I can't hear anything. Right. I can't. I got I, room, can't I have to play. Betray. Yeah, I can't. I have to be completely yeah. the best thing I did during this. So she waits easily nine or ten seconds. Ben, go. Ben, ben, ben. Right. And I'm thinking, go to break for the love of God. My <laughs> FB doesn't work. You, you That's wanna, the situation. You want to put your hand to your ear in that instance. No, but and, I'm and maybe like, tap. I don't even know. I got yeah. nothing. I'm like looking around like. Are we going to do, I have to look irritated. Like, are we going to do this or what? So now you're right? acting, so, you're literally acting. That's right. That's right. So we get to it. And then finally she goes to break and I have to remember then. And that matter is one of my great decisions. I have to remember then I can't hear the break either. Right. I can't then oh, yeah. I can't quit now. I have to re- so, I can't hear. Wow. Right. And so this then snowballed into a, the a live truck operator, guy named Charlie, old vet, grizzled vet comes out. And he knows I can hear because he could hear it, right? <laughs> right. And he can probably hear it in my ear. It's so freaking loud. And he comes out, he just puts his hands up like this, like, hey, what gives? And I go, I can't hear. And he goes, really? <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, all right. No, but I got you. Right. I got you. And then Angela, of course, she's any lady call. She calls him cell phone earlier, calls the truck. And she's like, what the hell? And I'm like, Angela, I couldn't hear you. She's like, I kept saying, go, go, go. And I, uh, you know, and of course, I just have to through the end till this day, in fact, 
act uh, like what happened couldn't hear. But it, I it, went it, with a lie. Yeah, I went with a lie. And all, again, it doesn't matter. All you have to say is any talk for five seconds and then the words back to you and nobody on live and television is ever going to question yeah. anything. Yeah, but you you yeah. stumbled into it and you, right. but you committed. I did. I committed. I did. I did stick with it. That, that it. is uh, that is a testament to your grace and uh, tenacity as a human being. <laughs> and and incidentally, uh, that's one of the calling cards of all Lestrassi drivers, I believe, is their, <laughs> their commitment to a to a lie. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, that one was sponsored by Handelabra, the world's fanciest doorknob. And. And zigzag zit cream. Your zits will never see it coming. Serpentine with zigzag zit cream. Uh, all right, let's wrap it up. Just a couple of quick sports things. Did you guys watch the Super Bowl? Did you care? Have you adopted Los Angeles sports teams? I have been a Los Angeles Rams fan since 1967. So I was pretty wow. psyched at that game. Uh, yeah. An impressive game, too. You got to admit that yeah. they played, uh, yeah. this like was a, I say, they were down to nothing in their uh, receiver. Uh, if you're a Los Angeles Rams fan, and I and I was, I took the St. Louis years off because, in my view, those don't count. Wow. Um, then the Rams nice. have never won a Super Bowl and uh, because the only one they were ever in was in 1980, and, uh, and they didn't win that one. So, um, yeah, it was um, uh, that was a big day for me. So you're just getting over a massive uh, – you probably tied one on. You're oh, liquored up now, aren't you? I, I I literally can barely stand up. Yeah, no, yeah, that's not actually my thing. But uh, but I did uh, I did uh, speak forcefully to the television set, even though there was no one else in the room. And ben, interesting. But I sense that they can hear me when I talk loud enough. Well, so, every yeah. fan knows that yeah, uh, yeah. you cannot disrupt the karma. So whatever you do when they win, you have to continue to do every so I, year. Right. I was happy for my brother because he you know, he grew up in L.A. I grew up in D.C. Uh, they moved to D.C. right before I was born. Um, you know, we're a Los Angeles family and uh, and now we're both out here. And uh, so I, I was pleased for my brother. I, I had the I had four and a half with the Rams and uh, and I had uh, I had an opportunity to uh, win a season long pool that would have changed. It would have taken me from the red to the black in my life as a gambler. Wow. Uh, and uh, it didn't happen. Well, that's uh, weird because usually that does happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was, uh, it was, uh, it was frustrating, although, and I, and, and I have to believe that if uh, Beckham doesn't get hurt, that the Rams cover that game. Uh, it turned, out that, it turned out that guy makes a difference. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, yeah. You need to, uh, you need to tell, uh, you need to talk about the bet that you did win. Uh, what bet did I did win? Oh, that I came in second. No, no, the bet that you. About oh yeah, the, no. So I did. I, I did. I finished second in the pool, so I won a little something. But it wasn't. It's not life changing. It was really going to be life changing. And it yeah, was, you, uh, you, you have to. Take, right, but no, uh, no. You, you made a specific no, bet. You were. Yeah, me I did. Bet. I did. So I made a couple other little dumb bets, fifty bucks here and there. But one of them was at seven to one. Um, uh, the color of the beverage that will be dumped on the winning coach. Wow. And inexplicably, again, I just look for. I don't bet a lot of stuff in this but i look for little things that i you know like little things that i think are wrong like everybody every everybody thinks they're a smart gambler looks for right and uh some of them made sense like the ram running back cam Akers under right they got too many running backs and at first so i, wow. I had him for under you but then the other one was this thing and and blue was seven to one and i was like well if the rams win and anybody thinks about it ahead of time the beverage will be blue 
It's the Rams. So I made that bet for $50 and cat came in at seven to one. I was pleased. I was pleased. So by that. I have always wondered uh, what the TCM hosts did just off camera. And I think we just found out. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a well, massive right. uh, sleazy underbelly of show business and gambling going on there. That's impressive. <laughs> Although that's the kind you are a natural gambler. And I think you proved that Ben with your standups <laughs> in South Carolina. <laughs> you're, you're, you are a gambling man. Hey, guys, that was sponsored by Gascade. Let your wind out in gentle, hard-to-pinpoint waves with Gascade. Thank you, Chet. Thank you, guys, so much for coming on. My guests, Josh and Ben Mankiewicz. Thank Follow you. them on Twitter, at Josh Mankiewicz, at, and at BenMank77. Josh, what's coming on Dateline that we should keep uh, our eyes peeled for? We got an... Uh, right after the Olympics, we're back. Um, I've got a, a fabulous story coming up out of Oregon um, in which the suspect is the last person you'd expect. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben, uh, you're always flying off to, as I like to say, Garbo Fest or uh, some sort of Ingmar Bergman comedy invitational or something. <laughs> what have you got coming up? What, what, what should we look for on TCM? Any events? Uh, well, we have, uh, uh, well, first of all, coming up in uh, March is uh, 31 days of Oscar. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the Oscar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's uh, Which is great. Every, uh, every, uh, every, this year, every movie we show is an Oscar winner of something. Every movie, 24 hours a day for 31 days. And during prime time, uh, be different decades. Decade of Oscar winners from the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and all throughout up until. So uh, it's TCM's so- March Madness. That's right. It's, T- it's exactly right. It's TCS. And then in April, our film festival is uh, back in person for the first time since uh, 2019. So wow, we're, uh, that'll be a blast. we're very, uh, very pleased with uh, very pleased about that. Guys, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, had a blast. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Chet. Follow me on Twitter at Real Jeff Cesario. My album, What Was I Thinking? Streaming everywhere. The play with pain mugs. Available at jeffcesario.com. Look for me on the road soon. I'm just uh, starting to map out some tour dates, see if I can't get back out there and, uh, and uh, you know, make some people laugh through these weird and hard and gambling times. Uh, Chet, what do you have coming up? Well, guys, if you want more of me this weekend, I'll be in Spittoon Falls, South Dakota, for the 33rd annual Grapefruit Spoon Ice Carving Invitational. Yes, we are going to be there all night. Sponsored by Exasperilla, the soda that tests your patience. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.